All right. It is 8.50 on December 13th of 2020. So I, on Friday, dropped off... I don't even... Let me start over. So, I was in... Well, I am in a church program, and I had let a friend of mine stay on my couch, in which everything just started um, going wrong. I had to confess to the church like our mentors and whatnot, about what had happened or whatever, just that I let him stay on my couch because they are against um, male and female one-on-one interaction. And we were warned of that right off the bat, and I absolutely understand now, so I, I can't even be mad. But So he had a lot and has a lot he's working on and working through. And I just wanted to be a good person and be somebody who, if you need a place to crash, I have a couch. Well, I guess that certain people become easily attached and I started to play this mother role but I also tried to be like a really good friend and I have been trying to be very open and honest with things in my life with people with emotions with likes and dislikes and really just trying to attract a different type of person and so I had got myself caught up in a very weaved web of lies with this whole situation so after he finally moved out and we had to confess it to the church and whatnot well what ended up happening aside from the whole him and the feelings thing is um, he just started to get kind of like I had been in this situation before, like with my ex of five years where, you know, you don't answer the phone and they show up and, and it wasn't like a, a weird psycho situation. It was more of a you're angry and I want to fix it. And for me, I'm the type of person where I just need you to give me some space, like just let it go give me some time, you know, just go stop hassling me. And when I'm ready, I'll I'll talk. Well, I would be stern and be direct and be forward with, you know, there you need to, you know, not do this. I can't I can't handle, you know, you 
overreacting and and then I would, you know, apologize and I think that you know it was this back and forth of I don't even know. Well, I don't know how this situation came to be, but a friend of mine from high school um and like I said I don't I don't believe I added him. I feel like he added me on the social media and I I don't know we just um I don't know if I messaged him to say hi I'm not really quite sure my facts are a little distorted um but either way so we started talking because I hadn't you know talked to him and I graduated in 08 he dropped out and it apparently, you know, fell on very hard times in which I am anticipating at some point I will be able to have his uh, testimony, life story, struggles, and all that uh, uploaded on here as well. So we started talking, and um, I had explained to him the situation with this guy in my class who was kind of getting a little uh annoying I don't even know if annoying is the word a little bit maybe overwhelming and he's like yeah you know just throw us on a relationship on Facebook well I was a little hesitant because I didn't I didn't want to be in a relationship on Facebook and I was like well I don't know. Whatever. Okay, so we ended up going on to, you know, do this relationship thing. And and I didn't, like, fully put it on my, um, um, like, I didn't, like, make it public. And so, like, it was on his. And so we had a lot of people, you know, commenting and, um, whatever. So we... I feel like I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking very slowly. I'm trying to get all the, the facts correct. So we threw ourselves in a, in a relationship on Facebook. In in between all of this, uh, he had been um, a couple hours away. You know, I'm I, I'm from a different part of the state, um, and he had been in a in a different part of the state you know, running from some situation he got himself involved in, um, or in the past, I don't know how many years, uh, without going into too much detail about his past, um, he had been avoiding a warrant and I decided to, um, try to be a support system, which I apparently didn't learn anything from this last situation I got myself involved in. But I was like, all right, if there's anything I can do, you let me know. Well, I slowly started to take on a lot of what was, was going on with him and it I got sucked in. So I was trying to help him out you know, these final days of, you know, I, w- I wanted to send him a Bible and then he last minute decided he was, you know, I, I've, 
was anticipating that he was going to take my advice and turn himself in on this warrant. Well, he was a little bit impatient and I had sent him a Bible, which it really wouldn't have made a difference. It was just a hassle with the way everything played out, trying to get this package sent over there and then having to get it, you know, sent back. And, and he decided to go back uh, to where he was from, you know, near where I'm from kind of thing uh, and turn himself in. So he is on the verge of going to turn himself in. He had a couple days where he, you know, was trying to find a place to go, getting some laundry done, hitting some friends. Uh, and he, f I was, you know, finally talking to him. We got him to the jail parking lot and then uh, through video chat, um, got him, you know, we had been chatting that night before I had gotten him a hotel room, um, at a place that I remember staying at when I was younger, when my mom had first gone through a, a divorce with, um, my first stepdad. And I was like, oh, I know that place. And, and then, you know, the, so that hotel and that was a fiasco. And then breakfast the next day, just trying to get him fed. And I don't know, you know, it, it's kind of hard when you're like, well, I can't really tell if, if he's being open and honest with me because I'm sure he knows how to work people over and get what he wants. Um, and who's to say that he didn't have other people, you know, helping him financially. Well, you know, either way. Uh, so, you know, the next day he finally is, is on the verge of, you know, turn himself in gets himself to the parking lot, and he turns himself in. Okay, well, he had placed me in charge of of his uh, funding. He had given me card number, and he's like, you know, every couple weeks, throw in this amount of money, and then uh, it was like collect call after collect call after video chat after this and that, and it was so overwhelming. Like, I was sucked into this, and... I I don't know, but then it became where, like, we had been in this quote-unquote relationship um, since, like, November 9th, and everything was happening so quickly with this and that and him and being locked up, and then uh, his parole officer contacted me, and we were going to get him moved down, you know, to where I am to get him in a sober living house, and... Um, I mean, of course, like I wanted the best for him and I know he needed to get out of where he was because um, it's just a terrible location. It's it's not good for anybody. And, you know, God had called me out of where I was, which is half hour, if that away, you know, I had lived equal parts in, in one part and then uh, spent my teenage years in in the, the other city. And it was I mean, I, I didn't know, um, how heavily drugs had been, um, flowing through there. And I had reconnected with an ex of mine, um, and kind of got his side of the story, but it was amazing how much of, you know, our, of, of what I remembered had impacted so much of my my future and then hearing his side of the story you know it's he said she said either way um 
kind of got to make a little bit of peace with that. But then I have this other guy coming around and I'm like, this is the exact same scenario. And I was like, what is happening? Why am I attracting this? So needless to say, um, I am now the significant other and we are working on getting him, him over in my city and we are trying to get him in a sober living home which everything seemed like it was running smoothly in the beginning and then I you know it mixed around work schedules but then I got laid off again for the second time so it didn't matter and so I had uh, I really didn't know the following weeks coming up um, we were anticipating going back to work uh, and I had requested off these days, and so he was supposed to be out on December 10th, so I was going to go home, do Christmas 8th, 9th, pick him up on the 10th, come back, get him in this home. Everything would be good. Well, it pretty much turned into, uh, I got done with an appointment on Tuesday, like the, let's see here, it was like Tuesday the 1st of December and I got a phone call you know hey I'm getting out of jail like blah 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 and I'm like I'm two hours away from you like I'm not prepared for this like we were planning on that following weekend like I had family plans like everything was supposed to be lining up and and then I'm like okay well I guess I'm just gonna drive back home and so, you know, heading back that way and pick him up somewhere, you know, or his sister's house or something like that. And he didn't specify whether it was north or south. So thankfully, I know my way around the area and, you know, figured out where we were going. But, um, you know, made a quick stop, got some of his clothes. He like loaded up my vehicle with stuff and then we headed back and, you know, time changed, things get dark quicker. And so it was a, a dark drive home. And so then we get here and, uh, of course, like I'm panicked. My mom has been in my head about this COVID crap and, you know, him being in the jail and if he's exposed to it and this and that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. Like, you know, I was supposed to be the one designated to, to transport him from point A to point B. And like, I don't know. I felt so empowered by this. I'm like, I'm the one that's making the difference. And looking back at it, like it probably wouldn't have made a difference if I picked him up or not. Um, but we got him down here, over here, up here, whatever. And been trying to contact the sober living home. Things were kind of running smoothly, kind of not, trying to get, you know, things with health insurance taken care of so we can get what he needs done, trying to figure out what's happening. And it became one of the most stressful weeks of my life. And so he had admitted that he wasn't going to drop clean because he had smoked weed. Uh, you know, his issue wasn't weed, um, and I feel like I don't know why we still have so much of a stigma on that. Like I get if you have an addiction to things that, you know, you shouldn't do other drugs, but <laughs> marijuana is not a gateway drug. I will tell you that right now. I have been smoking since I was 
16. I'm 31 now, and I don't really smoke too often, um, but I will tell you that marijuana has never been a gateway drug, and listening to other people's stories, it has never, uh, never been the initial push that have gotten people addicted to heroin or crack or anything else like that. And so it was a little frustrating because everything was supposed to be, you know, working towards this place. And because he was open and honest, like I forced him to be. Uh, and I mean, he wanted to be, you know, I mean, he's working on being a better person. Um, and he had said straight up, like, I'm not quite sure, like before I, you know, went into jail, like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, he just was being honest. And she said, well, I don't think you're taking this seriously. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll contact you on Monday. Well, that's when things started to get a little bit more sour. So it was like the following Tuesday at this point, And I said, you should probably call that lady and see what's happening. And so, you know, he gets a hold of her and she's like, well, you never called me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here like, I have heard every part of this conversation. You said you would contact him on Monday to let him know whether or not you were going to allow him in. So then, you know, between crosswires with her and then crosswires with the PO, she pretty much was like, listen, I'm writing up another warrant. This is his, his option. He's, he's got to go, uh, to a sober living home about an hour and 45, uh, away from me, you know, closer back to, to his, you know, back home and whatnot. Not a good location, but it is what it is. And it was a little frustrating and overwhelming because, you know, this was supposed to be the plan. This was what we were doing. You know, it was supposed to run smoothly. Well, if there was anything that I also learned in this process was that I cannot control things and I really needed to stop trying. So I uh, tried to be uh, that support of, hey, let's... Um, you know, let's try to find the positive in these things. Well, if I could get to a little bit deeper level here, um, we became very close. Uh, we really got to know each other and it made it very hard because emotions can develop very quickly and he and I get along very well like, I have been around a lot of different people, and, and mainly men. I have a hard time with females. I don't know why I want a best friend, and I I don't know why I don't get along with them like I wish I did. But he was different, and we hung out every day for a week and a half straight, and I realized that instead of forcing, trying to get all this stuff taken care of, but at that point seemed like that's what we needed to do, I should have spent more time uh, establishing a morning routine for prayer and really just showing him a different style of, of living, morning routine, afternoon, you know, getting, you know, I could have had the opportunity to cook, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, really, whatever, but my anxiety had skyrocketed like that breathing choking it just was heavily present and it 
I think was, I think I'm gathering that it tends to be a warning sign for me. This is not where you're meant to be. You're not meant to be doing this. You're not supposed to be involved. I had been struggling, like hardcore, couldn't eat barely, you know, very just stressed, very, very, very stressed, full of anxiety, constant panic attacks, couldn't eat, couldn't swallow, couldn't breathe, just the whole nine yards. Well, previously, I had stumbled upon a podcast from a lady, uh, out in Ann Arbor discussing, um, it, it was literally like listening to myself talk. And every symptom, every problem, every pain, every procedure, every struggle she had been through. And she was finally at the point of like the colonoscopy. And I was like, I'm scheduled for that in five days. I'm like, oh my goodness. So then there is this um, massage and it was a craniosacral with uh, visceral manipulation and so I didn't really comprehend exactly what all that was, but I had emailed and emailed and emailed, and all of a sudden I had the, this lady message me back here in in, in my my city here, and she um she messaged me like that Monday and was like, hey, like I have a an opening tomorrow at two thirty. I was like, I will take it. So I went and she did this particular massage focusing on the fascia uh, in the, the, apparently like the muscles, you know, in my colon, in my abdomen, in my, and I could tell like in my chest and my lungs and my, uh, you know, when I was taking these deep breaths in my neck, how they would just hurt so bad because I'm like straining to breathe. Well, she started, she had done this um, massage. And, you know, it was one of those massages where you actually feel like you had a massage because, like, everything's mixed around. You don't, you feel like, oh, when you, when you go to sit up, opposed to, like, whenever I keep trying to find somebody who's capable of, like, a, like, a deep tissue massage and it just ends up being the lady who talks with her hands. So, like, I don't actually get a massage. Uh, So, I, she, this lady is amazing. And, you know, even just the talking through and like the, the therapeutic portion of it. So I, I, that was who I had, I had just finished uh, an appointment with her when I got the phone call that he got out of jail. So I had to drive and pick him up. So much for a relaxing day. Well, I had gotten uh, another uh, massage done. And so, you know, learning all about, you know, what's going on, trying to get this, whatever, but I'm still dealing with this anxiety portion. Well, so I, I had two, we had like two days um, between, you know, trying to get him into this program, you know, hour and 45 minutes away. And then we had to take him on Friday, uh, which was literally two days ago on the 11th of December. So I, um, trying not to stress, trying not to worry, you know, ball of, of anxiety, stress, whatever. And, you know, everything keeps getting mixed around, you know, all this stuff, all this time looking back, it wasted so much time and effort trying to get him set up here and this and that. And finally, uh, all right, it's, it's the day of, we, let's get, you know, get packed, let's get whatever, like, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I took him a couple times, you know, get him set up with clothes and shoes and whatnot. Um, I don't know, I mean, he had some things, but uh, I don't know. So this program is a year, a year, uh, and 
it's two days in and I went home and visited my family and I spent the last two days there and I came home tonight I just started cleaning and washing and organizing and getting things back to normal but it was like as soon as I dropped him off like I was so sad but I had this weight just lifted off of me and I felt excuse me at peace but then it was like I came home and I'm all I have all of his stuff his books his clothes his cell phone everything's here and I'm looking around and I'm like I have to put this away like I can't stare at this put some stuff away and then it was like every song that came on was just like tearing me apart and I realized that I I did actually fall in love with him like we we were telling each other we loved each other I mean it was a very quick progressive I mean emotions and feelings they develop so quickly but again he's so different and it was terrifying because it was unlike anything I had ever experienced with somebody and I didn't want to didn't want to get my heart involved because I had just learned the importance of guarding your heart. But I failed miserably to do so. And so I fell head over heels for him. And I don't even know if it's love. But when you m- meet or encounter someone whose soul just clicks with your soul it is different and so I come home and I'm getting you know things washed up and put away and every song that comes on is just making me sad and I am overwhelmed and I'm frustrated because I realize that it's two days in of this year program and he can't have a cell phone he can't communicate with with anyone it takes time I don't know how many months or weeks before we'll be able to talk and I'm sad (laughs) I'm hurting my heart is broken it's it's as if within a matter of two days someone went from making this huge impact on my life mentally physically emotionally good bad just a whirlwind of everything and now he's gone but he's not gone but i can't talk to him and i can't see him And so I have never lost somebody close to me. I've lost my grandfather. I've I've lost acquaintances. 
but I've never felt that feeling of losing someone I really, really loved and cared about. And I'm very thankful for that. I am, uh, you know, never lost. Um, I mean, my grandfather was an alcoholic. He was, um, we weren't close. And so I don't know when he passed, like I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel anything. And I've had situations where people I hadn't really known, but, you know, from high school, talked to them and a couple of days later, they passed away. And it was, it's very strange. That was like three people in my life and I didn't know, really know them. But, you know, one of the girls I had ran into her at the mall, we talked about going to take pictures together and two days later she gets into a car accident. Um, a, f- a friend of a friend, you know, I passed him on my my way home from work and later that day he committed suicide and you know a friend from high school who used to sit behind me and let me borrow his sweatshirt and buy me cookies when they came around like overdosed and died over that weekend after he told somebody that he liked me it was like that friday and i come back to school on monday and find out he died like just weird encounters and things like that And so to actually feel this feeling of losing someone but not actually losing them is very confusing. And it's hard to comprehend because I have no idea what the future holds. And I am trying not to beat myself up and think that I shouldn't have gotten involved to begin with. But I did. And... I shouldn't have fallen for him like I did, but I did. And so now I'm left to try and gather what I can of myself and not beat myself up over it, but also not let my emotions get the best of me because I'm pretty sure I shouldn't have gotten involved to begin with. And you know, now what? Well, I don't know if it's a full year. I'm anticipating it is because I know he needs to get that help. But I don't know, like I said, when we're going to talk next. And I have no idea what's going to happen in five months, let alone in a year. And who's to say what, I, I don't know, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, am, am I, is, you know, is God going to bring my husband I've been praying for? And this going to be a very awkward situation? Um, or is for some weird reason he the person I had been praying for? I have no idea. But all I know is that my heart is broken but very confused and overwhelmed and stressed out and I am so sick of hearing all of these songs that are making me super sad and we have this uh I have this ink from Inkbox and it's a two-week temporary um ink and one night, you know, we, I was like, Hey, you know, I got this stuff. It's fun, you know, whatever. And I'm not 
a drawer. I'm a tracer, but I didn't end up having the opportunity to trace something he wanted. Uh, so, um, he, I just drew all over and then, you know, he marked up a spot on, you know, a couple spots on my leg or whatever. And, uh, it lasts two weeks and it's still there. And so I just think about like the fact that we can't talk, but you know, he's still got all that terrible drawing on him and, and what happens in two weeks when it's finally gone? You know, that's just two weeks out of a year and it is so stressful. It is so overwhelming and it is so crazy because then it's like, man, like we really need to, we need to, you know, recognize and realize we have people in our lives and we have no idea how much time we're promised with them. And we have no idea how much time we're promised ourselves. And it's not a matter of like, go crazy and, you know, make poor choices and go hard. Like, that's not it at all. But really prioritizing and understanding that they're you know, you, certain things can wait, certain things are important, but, you know, I wish I, I would have spent more time showing him around or making things, you know, um, less stressful. I mean, he's been through so much and to show him a different side of life and really just let him unwind instead of like, you know, stressing us both out about all this crap. But again, like I really didn't know, like I thought that that's what we needed to do. But I guess, like, looking back, like, after he got settled, like, yeah, we could have, you know, done things a little differently. But really recognizing in myself that I needed to let go of the control. And so I had actually been discussing that with, you know, that lady. And she had said, you know, a lot of the the colon can, um, you know, be impacted by the emotions of control. And so just really interesting how, you know, things, you know, can tie in and... Uh, be revealed and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. I just, I was sad tonight and I was frustrated with myself for letting my emotions get the best of me and knowing that I couldn't tell anybody because no one knows the truth of the situation. And I already know how judgmental people can be and I get it, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. Like, is it better to have loved and lost or never to have loved at all, as they say? And quite honestly, I wouldn't change the emotions that I experienced because it opened up a lot of realization for me. And yes, I know God can do that work in me and I want him to and I pray for him too, but I just feel like, you know, relationship is important. And I, unfortunately, tend to be somebody who learns from trial and error opposed to just reading. And so experiencing this, uh, I, f- I feel like this is something, um, you know, like a fool me once, fool me twice kind of thing. You know, I opened up my home once and then I did it again. And, you know, it was very, very overwhelming but in a totally different setting. And I had just discovered like Ronnie and Mel on YouTube and they're talking about boundaries and this and that. And of course, like there just happened to be no boundaries. It was, it was literally like we became best friends overnight and heavily into this relationship of, you know, I love you. Good night. And 
really wanting to be around each other. And, and I think that's hard because um, when you have somebody who's not used to an untoxic person, just as like myself, I, I didn't know that there was such a thing. You, you know, you, you cling to that person. But the thing is, is it's like, I can't save you. I can't help you. I can't change you. You know, the whole, you can lead a horse to water thing. But I mean, if, if you, I mean, you have to do your end of the bargain when it comes to changing, um, you know, but it, and really, you know, allowing God to renew, rewire, restore, you know, and, and shape you into the person he created you to be is one of the biggest things that I'm, I'm going through right now. Um, again, you know, not being in control, just surrendering it and allowing his will above my own. And instead of trying to control everything and, and thinking that my way is best when in all reality, like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a terrible host and terrible steward of my life. Why am I trying to, you know, do things? And why am I trying to be in control of somebody else's life when I can't even control mine? So I, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I, I just, I guess I wanted to get this out. I wanted to get it off my chest because it's sad to feel something. And, and I, like I said, I can't really say that, you know, I can say that I'm hurting, but he's not gone. And I, I'm not going to shame myself for, for having these emotions, but I've never felt this before. I've honestly never felt so heartbroken. I have been, you know, in my fair share of, of poor choices and poor relationships, but this happened so quickly and so abnormally and just... I felt a way I have not felt, and it irritated me that I let myself get here, but after being so happy that I had my life back for this reality to set in of, I'm actually sad, and I can't do anything about it. And so now the only thing I can really do, which I should have been doing from the beginning, is really seeking God first and, you know, putting him first above any of this and and having him dictate my future and allowing, you know, him to guide and lead me. And, and I probably wouldn't have been in this situation to begin with, but I wanted to make sure that um, Isaiah was okay and, you know, he, he was taken care of. But again, maybe that wasn't my place. And so now, because I took it upon myself, now I'm in this situation of hurt. And we do this to ourselves instead of, you know, if God says to move, then move. But, I mean, there's that fine line of, of you know, I want to help people, but I can't help people if if I'm not full enough to do so, uh, I, I spent money I didn't have on him. And in the last month, I spent way more money than I had to my name, and I'm in debt now. And that's a terrible feeling. And I felt terrible because I relate to him how stressed I was because he costed me nothing but money and stress and this and that. But I didn't want him to feel bad about it, but I wanted him to feel bad about it, you know, like, because I just felt like he was using me. But at the same time, like, if I was going to be a blessing to somebody, like, be a blessing and just shut up. But, 
you know, I, I couldn't help but feel like I wasn't supposed to be in this situation, but all I kept doing was getting drained mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally, like health-wise, like every aspect of my life was just being just drained from me because of him. And I couldn't stop it. And it's my own fault. You know, what am I supposed to do? Aside from learn how to say no, and if God says to go, then he'll make a way and he'll provide the funds instead of me relying on what I don't have to give to somebody. So, I mean, I learned a lot. And quite honestly, yeah, I don't want to open up my my heart or my home or my finances. Um, I mean, I will give you the best advice I can and, and you know, praying that the Holy Spirit is the one who guides and leads that conversation in those words but I I can't I can't deplete myself anymore like I have to take care of my health and like I feel like I hit rock bottom and so I'm at the point of rebuilding again you know and it is hard um but that's I mean you know you got to do what you got to do but once you finally recognize and realize and you're able to you know stand your ground and, and, you know, one of God's promises to me is, uh, is strength, mental, physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, you know, just strength in my body, strength, my heart, my mind, and every, every part of me is going to be strong. And I am excited to become that because I am very weak and I will be the first to admit it in every aspect. I am weak and I am I don't want to be anymore. I want to be strong. I want to, you know, hold my ground and know what's best for me and stand up for myself and say no when I should. And, you know, so it's a process. But I think, you know, like I said, if you don't fool me once, I, I feel like I don't want to be in this situation again. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm hurting. My heart hurts. I'm frustrated. I What am I going to do with this stupid body shower wash? in my shower that I bought from because he didn't have anything smell it and bring back sadness you know like oh, what a situation and I have nobody to blame but myself it's just hard because I'm in the middle of the storm and there's the song it is well and it was playing and I was like yes, you're right. It is well, like, and I'm just going to seek him first. And I, I just, I need to continue developing my relationship with, with, you know, with God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, whatever you refer to him as, but I just don't want to be in control anymore. I just want his will above my own. I want him to continue working on me and, and clearing out the, all the, crap that I took on over 31 years of living and, and, you know, shape me into the person he created me to be and, and make me strong and, and give me that knowledge and understanding and uh, just develop that relationship. That's what I want. That's the path I was on before I let my friend move in the first time. And then everything just, just started plummeting and my relationship with, with God just started turning and, and feeling far and I just was so mad and I was so upset with myself and it just seems like it just keeps going but God had done such a work in me when he first moved me out here within like a month and so if I have a year away from someone that I'm not sure I should have gotten involved with I can only imagine what work he's going to do 
And like I said, if for some reason, you know, Isaiah and I are meant to be together, like, if God calls us to that, like, uh, that's great, you know? But if not, I'm, you know, praying that, you know, he also gets that renewed, uh, rewired, you know, from from God and that relationship. Um, and so that he can become, you know, different and not, you know, fall just as hard as I do and uh, get himself involved in situations and, you know, really become an overcomer. And I, I don't know, like, I have no idea what to expect. I'm excited and nervous, um, but that's that's the next venture. That's, you know, we're going to see what happens. And I'm anticipating, you know, it won't be too long before we can communicate because, yeah, like, I, I found somebody that I became, like, best friends with and has a piece of my heart. And I, I know that I, you know, shouldn't be admitting that and saying that, but he does. And I just want my focus to go back to God, but also the fact that I want to make, you know, sure, but, you know, the best place for our loved ones to be is in the hands of God. And so now I have like a different uh, prayer mentality for what I'm praying for, for myself as well as him and, you know, other people. And I think that's definitely going to change a lot in my life because, you know, being more specific and directly praying for things and, and what I want to see happen with people. And I want, you know, his relationship to develop and I want him to, you know, fully surrender to, to the work God's trying to do in him and be excited to see, you know, who he is, uh, you know, when, when this is all over with. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Um, 45 minutes later of me ranting, but at least you didn't have to stare at my face the whole time. Like I said, I'm transitioning from the YouTube videos to the podcasts. And, and so I don't know. I mean, I, I will talk about some other things that are not this, but for now, this is what's been heavy on my heart, uh, since I got home and it, it's, yeah, new to me to have so much hurt and sadness in my heart over somebody because I feel like I lost them, but I didn't actually lose them, but I can't talk to them. <laughs> you know, it's just weird. So I don't know, but all right, well, I'm going to upload this, see how this goes. Like I said, my first time doing a podcast, and I know that it was probably not too enjoyable to listen to me rant on, uh, but again, at least you didn't have to stare at my face the whole time. So I will uh, get some other things done and, and keep whoever informed and I'll let you know how things turn out. But yeah, all right. I love you guys and God bless you.